Good morning. It is Tuesday, December 8th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Chip Brown, insider at Horns 24-7, who broke some big news on Sunday night. Chip, I'm going to read the first paragraph of your bombshell, and then we're going to talk about it. You wrote on Sunday night about Urban Meyer in Texas and how the flirtation period was over. As you wrote, Chip, the possibility of three-time national championship coach Urban Meyer ending up at Texas appears to have come to an end after Meyer indicated to Texas he's leaning toward not coaching again due to health reasons, a source told 24-7 Sports. And you also reported, Chip, that if Texas can't land Meyer, there's a chance that Tom Herman will remain the coach. So there's clearly two things here to unpack. One's the Urban Meyer part. The other's the Tom Herman part, which is awkward at best right now. Let's start with Urban Meyer. Health reasons, this is not happening. What's the surprise level at Texas that it's not? If you go back, the flirtation with Meyer really started back in October when Texas lost to TCU and OU and the appearance was that the team was, you know, really poorly coached and not handling, you know, Herman didn't have them standing for the eyes of Texas after the games. And that was despite athletic director Chris Del Conte saying in multiple coaches meetings, the student athletes don't have to sing the eyes of Texas, but they, you all need to have them standing together as a team, or it will appear that they are not together. And the vitriol from the TCU and OU game and the post-game handling of the eyes was so strong. And Chris Hummer did a great job of documenting this in, in a story, you know, did open records to get emails from donors who were, you know, letting the administration hear about it, that you know, those donors pushed hard at the presidential level, Jay Hartzell, the regent level to go get Urban Meyer or at least explore it. And that's really when it started. And so the fact that we got to this point here in December and Meyer was still, you know, unclear about if he wanted to get back in to college coaching, I should say, because in addition, sort of hand in hand with the health is his concern that the climate is different with the student athletes being able to get into the transfer portal, a one-time transfer rule likely to, you know, be enacted in 2021 and sort of the, the year round nature of college football coaching that all combined, I think Meyer saw stress and we know he has an arachnoid cyst in his brain lining that has caused him health issues in the past. Now, the source I talked to, um, the university source I talked to at Texas said that Meyer had gotten some interest from the NFL. You know, could that be less stress on, on Urban Meyer? Whatever the situation, he wasn't ready to, to jump back into college coaching, at least not right now. And so Texas, you know, ends this flirtation. And as you mentioned, Trey, it's awkward at the least to have a sitting coach and be basically conducting a, you know, a a courtship while you have a sitting coach. But that tells you sort of how tough or strained that relationship is between the UT administration and Tom Herman. So the natural question is, how can they possibly stick with him? Well, it was a high stakes gamble to look into to Meyer. And it's a high stakes gamble to make a move when you're talking about a $25 million buyout, 15 million for Herman, 9.6 for his coaching staff. 
And there doesn't seem to be a consensus as to who would generate the kind of excitement, enthusiasm, and giving from the donors to help handle that buyout. And that's where Texas is right now. I mean, I think they're huddling. I think the region level, the presidential level, Chris Del Conte trying to determine what's the next step, what's the best step, because, you know, you set your eyes on another target and you don't land that coach because let's say you go, you know, the names that you heard, uh, Brian Kelly or Dan Mullen, you know, coaches who are doing really well in, in back even in 17, when Dabo Sweeney's name came up, you go after one of those guys and you don't land him. Now you're 0 for 2 and it, it's even worse. So you have to, I think, you know, they understand it was a high stakes gamble and it, it, it hasn't worked out. And now they've got to decide, are we going to do this again? Because the pool of candidates is probably, you know, a year from now is, is probably much the same as it is now. So, you know, can you go and everyone's looking at Texas and Michigan to see if those jobs are going to open because those would command uh, successful coaches at current jobs to possibly want to move up. And I can tell you that Texas has researched Steve Sarkeesian, Matt Campbell, Mario Cristobal. And so, you know, do any of those guys impress enough for Texas to load up the, the Brinks truck and go after them? Jim, do you think a, an offer was made to Urban Meyer? I saw some crazy numbers floating around. I don't know where they came from, but like fourteen million, or maybe that was too high, or ten. I mean, it was. Yeah, I think I think there were parameters. You know, I don't think you continue that conversation from October until then without talking parameters. And we all know that no formal offer. You know that that's gonna come up so that when a new coach is announced or whatever, they can say, this was the only coach who was offered. You know, I was told that Urban Meyer said, listen, if, if I decide to get back into coaching, I'm not worried about a deal getting done. Now, were people trying to whisper in Urban's ear, what would it take? What would it take? And I think, you know, the numbers just started going crazy. I mean, I was told it was probably going to have to take 10 million. You know, there were reports of 12 million. And as you just said, 14, I mean, at some point, I think this thing took on a life of its own, but I think there was no question that Texas wanted to explore every inch of this thing to, to try and uh, land the big kahuna because, as I was told by a university source, it's rare that you have a three-time national championship coach as a free agent where you're not having to rip him away from another school. Uh, he doesn't have a buyout, and so... They, they certainly explored that, that avenue. One of the juiciest things here, and maybe it speaks to how upset Texas officials or you know, boosters were in October, Chip, is the relationship between Urban Meyer and Tom Herman. I think everyone at this point kind of knows what's happened you know, with Zach Smith and, and all that. But for each of those guys, it, do, it doesn't take too much imagination to, to kind of piece together what the last few weeks have been like. For Urban Meyer, he's gotten to sit there while his name's been, you know, connected uh, lustily to uh, the job that I guess a rival or of some sorts of his has. And for Tom Herman, he has to sit there without really any public backing by the school while his rival or enemy is being talked about as someone who could come take his job. I imagine that's extremely uncomfortable. And for someone in the Austin market like yourself. I imagine you had to proceed pretty carefully the last few weeks because 
look, like you could you could go down the path of saying Tom Herman should be fired and they should hire Urban Meyer right now. But if you do that and it doesn't happen, good luck with Tom Her- Herman moving forward if if that's what Texas decides to do. Right. I mean, there's a lot of drama, as I said in one of my insiders. You know, there's more drama than a middle school girl's sleepover. And it's Urban Meyer's end at Ohio State coincided with the Zach Smith situation. It came out that the Hermans had given money to Courtney Smith to help her, you know, with with a divorce, with her own family apparently wasn't even backing her. And then the mishandling of the Zach Smith situation by Urban Meyer, first the three-game suspension and then ultimately him stepping down really ignited a feud between um, Urban Meyer and Tom Herman. And, you know, there are some who, who think Urban was angry enough that he wanted this to drag out so that Herman would feel it. And I don't know Urban Meyer at all. I've never spent any time with him. I have no idea if that's possible or, or how he was feeling. I, you know, I would imagine that, um, well, I don't, I'm not even going to speculate because I have no idea, but you're right. And so, you know, this whole time you, you had to proceed with caution because look, I've been in this situation before. I mean, in 2013, you had big money guys going after who wanted to talk to Nick Saban, felt like they were going to at least get an audience with Nick Saban. If Mac Brown would, you know, step down in a, in a go away quietly. <laughs> Go away quietly. Very, very well said. And that did not happen. And it was talk about, you know, crazy. I mean, it was it was Game of Thrones. I mean, back then you had Steve Patterson, who was supposed to fire Mac Brown, being convinced by Mac Brown. Oh, if, if they hire Nick Saban, you're not the AD. He is. And, you know, we, we've got it going. We can handle this. And Patterson flips around to Mac Brown's side says at that football banquet, look forward to working with you for many years. People are all wondering what's going on. Announces the next morning to a to 17 kids on their official visit that Mac Brown's going to be the coach going forward. And then by that night, he's announcing, no, Mac Brown's not going forward. It's never a shortage of drama when Texas starts to feel uh, like they need to make a change at the football coaching position. And it's really unfortunate for Texas that this seems to be happening again seven years later, and you got coaches, their families, players, recruits, everybody wondering what's going on, and you're not getting, you know, you're having to wait. You're having to wait to see what ultimately is is going to come out of this. But, I mean, I think there's a real chance that Tom Herman, you know, could be back. Texas, as I said, has done a lot of research in this time, and now we got to wait and see if, if there's a clear number two. The College Football Daily will be right back. Gosh, so much damage has been done. And Kirk Herbstreit talked about this on game day. It's, you know, the Nick Saban story is perfect for all this. It's just drama, drama like crazy and expectations that don't feel unrealistic to, to you or me. But when you look at them, you're like, oh, they've won one conference title since 09. I feel like if they're going to keep Tom Herman chip, they have to save some sort of face. I don't know what that would be. Maybe it would be an extension, which seems like unfathomable that like Texas could play itself to the point where they extend Tom Herman's contract just for the purposes of recruiting. Because with the 2021 recruiting class with signing day a week away, that class not looking very good. And in 2022, you've covered it. The the decommitments from Quinn Ewers and, and, and a four-star receiver really hurting Texas. And it's 
it seems like there there's this narrative that you know Tom Herman now is a lame duck coach and and if you want to keep him and see what he can do he's going to have to have a few more years on his deal but then that gets you to the exact same scenario we had right now where you have like Tom Herman might not even deserve to be the head coach at Texas anymore and yet he might get an extension out of all this do you think that's that's likely at all that that happens or do you see it more likely that Texas just I'll, I'll rephrase this chip what what's more likely of these three things Tom Herman gets an extension Tom Herman does not get an extension but keeps coaching or Texas just rips the band-aid off and finds finds someone else to, to go higher whether it's a Dan Mullen or a Brian Kelly I wish I could tell you I I don't think that Tom Herman gets an extension I don't I don't think that I, I think you would see them have him coach you know and another year comes off of of the buyout and you know like I said the 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 pool of candidates doesn't really change that much. So if there's a guy with a job who you love, you probably need to go try and get him. And, you know, unfortunately for Chris Del Conte, because I do think this, I think the, the vitriol and the, the, the donors rancor in October caused the administration to go along with exploring the urban Meyer possibility I'm not even sure that was Chris Del Conte's idea. I mean, I think it was a combined conversation with the administration and Chris Del Conte, but I'm not sure that Urban Meyer was Del Conte's first choice. Now he's going to have to conduct a search where it's in broad daylight. Everyone's watching to see uh, if another name emerges or if Texas is going to even proceed in trying to to find another possible replacement for for Tom Herman and and that makes the job significantly more difficult because you know this Trey when when someone turns down a job you start to say well wait a minute maybe maybe the job I have is okay maybe I don't need to look for greener pastures or you know brighter days and and it just gets tough and I think Chris Del Conte is a really good athletic director and he's getting you know people are mad so they're they're looking for someone to blame and He's getting the blame. You know, it's complicated. And so here's Chris Del Conte, who's made good hires at Texas so far with the softball coach, the women's basketball coach, the track coach. But we all know the football coach is going to make or break the athletic department. And so, you know, Del Conte jokes all the time about you come to Texas to see if you can ride Bevo for eight seconds. Well, <laughs> he is he's riding Bevo. We are well into the eight seconds and and we're going to see how well he can, you know, try to clean up this mess, whether it was his mess to begin with or not, you know, he's, he's the guy who's got to come up with the answer. So now we wait. I'm glad you said that about him. Um, I'll make this my last question for you, Chip. Del Conte didn't hire Tom Herman, came from TCU. I just, there's a sense of frustration here that you hire purportedly the best athletics director in the country. And then he doesn't even really get a chance to do his job or, you make his job more difficult with this big money pursuit of Urban Meyer. And then finally, you know, now Chris Del Conte has to kind of put the pieces back together. And as you mentioned, like, all right, like he went along with the Urban Meyer stuff. And, and now there's this absolute mess. Just before we let you go, I know people always ask me about this, like the dynamics in play at Texas. Why is it so much more difficult to win there than it should be? Um, why is Why is alignment so hard to come by? in Austin, Texas, does the athletic director call the shots? Does the president call the shots? Or is it the guys who are signing um, the seven and eight figure million uh, 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 checks for the facilities? 
that's why it is a tough job because it's always been this way. I mean, Daryl Royal, when he decided to, to surprise everyone and retire uh, at the end of the 76 season, he and his good friend, Frank Broyles, the, the coach at Arkansas, basically uh, sort of decided together that that was, that was going to be it. And Daryl Royal was the athletic director at that time. He wanted to hand it off to Mike Campbell, his defensive coordinator, to succeed him as coach. And the Regents at that time, Frank Irwin, whose name is on the basketball arena, and former Governor Alan Shivers said, no, we're, we're going to name the next coach and hired Fred Akers and even told Akers to park in, in Daryl Royal's parking spot. I mean, it, it's always been this way and that it's that's the biggest challenge and that's why mac brown worked overtime i always joked that mac courted boosters as aggressively as he courted recruits and that's why he always tried to make sure that the guys who could make a phone call and and cause trouble were on his side i mean i wrote a story in the insider quoting houston nut talking about being on a trip over to the middle east with mac brown and mac had three phones and Houston nuts. Like, what are you doing? Why, why do you got so many phones? And Mac said, well, this phone's for the top donors. This second phone's for like the next 25 level donors. And then I got my phone where the recruits are calling me and stuff. And, you know, Mac wanted those guys to feel special. So he's giving them updates on special phone and, and he's, you know, advising them after practice, how things went. And that's how Mac was able to get through that five-game losing streak to Oklahoma. Some of those were horrible blowouts and make it eight years until he won a conference championship and a national championship in the same season in 05. And so, you know, that that's a part of Texas. You have to be a politician. You have to be a CEO in addition to being a great football coach. And so that's that's where this thing, you know, requires a lot of extras. And I think Chris Del Conte certainly understands that and we'll see if he, you know, can, you know, we'll see what he wants to do at this point. Cause it's obviously we're talking about the call from urban Meyer indicating he's, he's just not up for the college game anymore has just happened. And so now, you know, plan B, like I said, I'm, that's what I'm working on right now around the clock, you know, is, is what's, what's next. So, you know, it, it's, it's crazy, Trey. It really is that we're sort of back in this situation. And and to Tom Herman, you know, if if they stick with Tom Herman, he did hire seven new assistant coaches before the season, including both coordinators. You know, Mike Yersich, offensive coordinator. I thought that was a good hire. Chris Ash, good hire. The team showed some improvement throughout the year. They might have beaten Iowa State if Tom Herman doesn't go for it on fourth down a couple times and just keeps the 10 point lead that he had in the third quarter. Um, and maybe they end up, you know, with a shot at the big 12 title this year and they didn't get to bond with, you know, players, the new staff because of the pandemic. Uh, some players didn't get on campus till the summer and then recruiting, you know, they haven't been able to go out on the road recruiting in the pandemic. So all these new coaches haven't been able to, to formulate the relationships you need in recruiting and on a personal basis, you know, how much of that is a factor or did Tom Herman just hire a bunch of duds when it comes to recruiting that will have to be sorted out. But, you know, Herman could make the case that, Hey, we're just getting started, you know, give us a chance. Now you you're going to lose Sam Ellinger, a four-year quarterback 
what's in that quarterback room, Casey Thompson, you know, Hudson Card, Jaquindon Jackson. And we saw a bunch of freshmen making plays for Texas against K-State. There's talent on the roster. Can you afford a transition class? Like you could say 21 is, is maybe, and you didn't, you know, land Jalen Milrow who decommitted and, and is now committed to Alabama. And so, you know, that's another question. Could, could this staff with a full normal year or something more normal make progress with this roster? It's crazy, but that team didn't quit on Tom Herman, even though it looked like the team was quitting on him against TCU in Oklahoma. It's such a riddle. Everywhere you look, it's not as it appears. And so that's where this just becomes such a riddle. And, and now we'll see what Chris Del Conte uh, decides. Well, I'm eager to see what comes next. I've been refreshing the Horns 24-7 message board. I've been following you on Twitter, at ChipBrown247. It's all very Game of Thronesy. Chip, thanks for joining us. Our producer is Lance Glenn. I'm Trey Scott. We will talk to you all on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.